I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 191, presented by CLNS Media and sponsored by our good friends over at FanDuel and Factor Meals. My name is Connor Ryan, and once again, we are joined by 98.5 The Sports Hubs, Ty Anderson. Ty, how's 2024 treating you so far? Uh, we're off to a good start here, so I mean, that's good. So, uh, you know, still a long way to go. We take it one day at a time. Commit to the process, whatever other cliche you need. But uh, it was nice. It was nice to kind of just... You know, I remember it's funny. My time hop was telling me that last year we were running around Fenway Park uh, for the Winter Classic, which uh, great game, but a reminder that I would rather do anything but have to work at Fenway Park on anything resembling a full time basis because, oh, my God, is that park an absolute nightmare to travel through, to commute through as a writer trying to get to the locker room or clubhouse, whatever from the press box. So happy that was one and done, I got to say. Yeah, you know, they, they say, Ty, that it's all about the charm of Fenway, right? But I, I don't get the charm of avoiding, like, you know, cinder blocks falling on you. It shouldn't be an Acme uh, cartoon when you're at your place of work, in, in my humble opinion. I don't know about you, but like, it's just not worth it, if you ask me. Do you remember, like, when we were waiting outside to get into the press box or get into the clubhouse? We were waiting outside just a, a bathroom. Like, we're waiting outside of a bathroom. Everyone's trying to get by and piss. And we're just like, ah, yeah, we're just trying to talk to Nick Foligno, I guess. But, but yeah, no, go around me, dude. Go around me. Like, it's such a weird setup. I mean, we're we're unveiling state secrets here by saying that, yes, the Red Sox clubhouse actually is a bathroom. That, like, they don't tell you that stuff. It's kind of like, uh, what's that shit in Harry Potter? Platform nine and three quarters. You go past the third urinal. You kick the door in. And you just the, the the floor gives way, and you find yourself in the Red Sox clubhouse. It's it's really convoluted. Like it's not not easy for media. If you're a new player there, you gotta like have like a traveling secretary explain it to you. It's not fucking worth it. No, no. And the 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 pathway you described is the alternate ending to the town. That's what happens in the town. They just fall to the bathroom. I'm surprised that Ben Affleck only put that in the director's cut. Why they didn't put the, like it's all of a sudden they're in the middle of Fenway in the concourse, and all of a sudden they're at. Uh, what the old Shaw's right on Boylston Street, right there. They were stopped by John Hamm was stopping by Tasty Burger, just happened to find a couple of bank robbers. It's, it's funny they just kind of overlooked that. Dude, I gotta admit, I I miss I like that movie was on TV the other day and I watched it. I I kind of admit I kind of miss when Fenway was like kind of grimy like that, like like the like the backside of Fenway. I kind of miss when it was a bit grimy. Now it's a bit too posh for me. I got I'm not gonna lie. 
Dude, I'm, back in the day, I mean, even like my freshman year at school, uh, it was still like relatively, it, it was transitioning. You could tell that there was definitely like a lot of high rises being built, a lot of fancy stuff there. You know, the uh, baseball tavern was on its last legs. There was condos called like the juggernaut being built, right? It's just, they yeah. always have the most unnecessarily aggressive names. It's like IPAs. Like you pick the most aggressive thing to name your your residence, but uh, I remember, yeah, the, the Shaw's right there. You had baseball tavern. You had just like it was a, but it was also kind of quiet. It's not like uh, around like TD Garden where that was uh, kind of grimy, but also like a lot of places there kind of straight up sucked. Like there was a lot of yeah. hidden gems around Fenway. Now, not so much. It's a bummer, but it's coming. It's happening everywhere we look. So whatever. I know the Santander Bank is coming for you if you haven't won in your neighborhood yet. So just wait. So anyway, we digress. Uh, Ty. Let's talk about some Bruins. Uh, Bruins beat the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, four to one on Tuesday in a game where, uh, if you are a uh, looking at the Bruins' past offseason and their strategy of pretty much being the uh, Oakland Bees with their money ball approach, uh, a lot of short short term deals, uh, low money, worked out pretty good yesterday. Uh, you have your four goal scorers had a combined cap hit of. 5.125 million of which most of that is Frederick, like 2.3. Right. So, uh, Shattenkirk, JVR, uh, and, uh, mine's Dan, Dan and Heinen. Dan, of course, no, just sorry to disrespect the Dan Heinen stands, but, uh, combined cap hit of, uh, what 2.12 million or 2.78, I think yes. is what it was. So, um, great day for people who, uh, maybe we're hoping this is going to be the case for the Bruins in terms of, finding a lot of value in free agency. Um, what has kind of stood out to you about these guys that, again, were kind of bargain bin, bin sign-ins, you're more of a short-term fix, but what's kind of stood out to you about how the Bruins have approached that offseason and how it's paying out so far this year? Yeah, I mean, right now they picked correctly. You know, like, you can go, it can go one of two ways. When you sign these kind of guys off the scrap heap or the bargain signings, like, they can either work out or they get waived in training camp and you never see them again. They're in the AHL you know, taking up a roster spot for a younger player. And I, I think that, you know, with guys like Heinen and JVR, like the Bruins were correct in their analysis that they were more unlucky than straight up bad players a year ago. You know, I think JVR is a great example of that is like, yeah, like, you know, kind of surprises me, right. That he gets, a, he gets a goal last night. It's his second goal in the last 18 games yet. He still is off to the best, you know, the fastest 25 points in a Bruins uniform for a first year Bruin since Mark Savard in 2006, 2007. Like, like that's impressive to me that, that even with this goal scoring droughts, he's found a way to be a very effective player for your team. I think the passing game has been underrated, but I think ultimately, you know, with all three of those guys, great job by their scouting departments to say, no, no, if you, in their analytics department, I think as well, you look at the numbers, you look at beyond the numbers, like you see a guy here who can ha you see guys here who can have some more luck, you know, if, if you slot them in the right opportunity or the right situation, like their numbers are going to go up. And sure enough, we've seen that. And and I think it's really impressive. But I think especially with JVR, because, you know, if you just look at the numbers last year, I think it was what, 28 points, I want to say. Um, not a lot of success in the power play. Like you had enough there to go. He might be cooked. And then you look at the numbers beyond the, the the raw totals and you're like, wait a minute, they might have something here. So kudos to them for finding that out. Yeah, no, I think definitely like JVR is probably the the best value add they found out of a, a group of a lot of, I think, 
you know, a plus signing so far in terms of production weight against the cost, because I think also with JVR, I think when the Bruins signed him and we kind of talked about it initially, it's like, all right, if Nick Ritchie, who is busy like throwing haymakers in Finland right now can score, you know, 15 goals, you know, get a net front power play role and produce there. Guy like JVR who maybe is, you know, at the end of his career, but has the frame has, you know, the, uh, the passing ability at that net front area. Put him in that same spot with guys like Marshand and Pasternak. He's going to produce. But I think what's kind of surprised me is that even at 5-on-5 five five play, he's been really, really productive. Um, I was looking up the stat. I believe Scott McLaughlin's the first one who kind of uh, brought it up. But uh, JVR has 10 primary assists at 5-on-5 five five play, which I think only 18 guys in the entire NHL have that many primary setups um, at 5-on-5 five five play. I think only two below uh, Connor McDavid. Pretty good. Not saying that the same guy, but... I think that's where I've been the most surprising. If you told me going into the year that JVR put him on the power play, you can get 12 goals, you know, eight of them on the power play, be productive as you're trying to, you know, make a, a Tyler Bertuzzi in the aggregate with what you're signing and what these different skill sets are. Um, I think his five and five play, especially passing wise has been huge for the team, especially further down the lineup. Yeah. And, and, you know, going one step beyond that here, like, you know, I just looked this up real quick. You look at guys that are making a million dollars or less. You know, JVR is number one with 25 points. Right behind him is Stefan Nosen from the Hurricanes, Eric Gustafson uh, from the Rangers, uh, you know, Jonathan Drouin. Like, these are all kind of project types that, that you know, teams took flyers on. And I think yours is probably the best the best gamble so far, right? Like, you know, like, like okay, like, let's say the Bruins – the Bruins had their choice. Let's just say in a perfect world, right? The Bruins could have had JVR or Jimmy VC. Jimmy VC has, I think 11 points in 30, 30 something games. Like, like you rolled the dice correctly, right? You rolled the dice correctly on JVR. You rolled the dice correctly going with Heinen over Alex Chayason. Like, like when you have the roster construct they have, and maybe more so the cap construct they have, like you can't afford to miss. And I think that's what's really been impressive is that there hasn't been one of these signings that they made that you look at and go, that's a miss. And, and let me rephrase that real quickly. There's not a miss that they could have predicted because Lucic yeah. is an obvious miss, but like yeah. what, like there's no way of knowing that. Right. Yes. And so um, I, I think that's, what's been really impressive because typically when these teams have to do cheap contracts, veteran contracts, like there's always a guy that kind of sucks. Like, there's always one guy who's just totally cashed and you're like, yep. this is a bad fit. They haven't had that so far. I think that's very impressive. And you know, JVR, do you know how many points he's paid for right now? Did you look this up too? Like, cause this blew I, my mind. Couldn't I, I, I couldn't tell you what I'm not. I didn't, I didn't go to school for math Ty, So I couldn't even tell you what the projected pace. 59 total points. It's pretty 59. good. Nine. That's pretty crazy. Good. That'd be the second. That'd be the third highest of his career. Like that's, that's absolutely bonkers to think about that. They may have gotten a guy who could put up 60 points. Uh, yeah, for a no. million dollars. Yeah, and, and also like the the good part of this as well is that normally you hitting a home run right now, but also you don't have. If you're a Bruins fan, I think you can relish them signing these guys, getting his value right now. But also, it's not with the other shooter drop right of uh, signing these guys long term. Like the Bruins, both are maximizing the value of a guy right now. But if they want to look at re-signing guy, they can. But if you want to move on when you have a lot more cap space this upcoming uh, summer, I think they've got. 26 million, I believe is the, the current pace right now. Um, 
that that's pretty good in, in terms of you know what their overall approach was. That again, I think when you looked at the fact that I think they only had like thirteen point four million in cap space this summer to sign seven forwards. You had to re-up your goalie. You had to, you know, figure out what you want to do with Orlov. You had to deal with the likely fact that you were losing Bergeron and Krejci. Um, that's a daunting offseason with that much money available, right? And again, I think as soon as we saw them sign all these guys to one year, one million, you know, you had Heinen waiting in pretty much purgatory in September and early October to for him to get a deal. Um, wasn't the most, you know, streamlined approach, but you have to kind of make do with the hand that you're dealt, one that you kind of made for yourself by, you know, continuing to put out these win now moves last season. And so far you put yourself in a position where you're competitive this year. You've got guys that are probably overachieving, especially in terms of what their value is. And again, you have the option to kind of hit the reset button again, whether it's you want to sign a guy, you know, if, if JVR wants to hang on for another year or two and stick in this spot and produce, you could do that. You can move on to maybe a guy that's younger. Um, you have that, leeway to do it so if you're the Bruins you're kind of you know reaping all the benefits of how you've approached this offseason so far yeah and I mean there are some guys of this grouping that I'm I'm interested in keeping around I I it's funny I don't know if JVR is one of them as good as he's yeah. been I, I don't know if that's a guy that I want to commit to beyond this season because the luck could turn the other way next yep. year you know and I, I think of that grouping, I, I think Heinen's the guy that I'm probably most interested in keeping around. Like if the price is right, you know, if you can give him a slight raise to 1.1 million or 1 million, you know, that's a Swiss army knife. He's played yeah. everywhere in your lineup this year. Like the only spots he hasn't played, I'm pretty sure are, are Brad Marshans and David Posternox, which like, you're not going to bump those guys. So that makes sense. Like, you, you know, and I think that that's probably where I'm at with it right now of the guys that they brought in, like who I'd want to keep around, but JVR, if he continues to produce and look this good, then he's going to make it interesting. But you know, it's, it's, it's also one of those things where like, is he playing for his next multi-year deal? Cause if it's right. a multi-year deal, I don't know if I want the Bruins to be that team. Like, yeah. cause then you're talking what 35, 36 or at 37 at the end of it. That is, we've been here before with, 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 with hard nose net front, big body, hard mile guys. And that never tends to age just as well as you want. But right now, I mean, it's been a masterful plan for, for the Bruins. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but the Taylor Hall trade was all they needed. And, and I'm not going to lie. I thought they were going to need to make two or three trades. I thought they were going to have to, right. to, to trade off or buy out a Forbert or a Grizzlick, you know, um, maybe make a hard call on Frederick if they didn't want to pay him, you know, right. but but it's been it's been uh it's been an absolute win for them so far. And you know, I, I think that especially coming out of the break here and the way they've managed them too, I think is really impressive. Like giving Shattenkirk and, and JVR random nights off to kind of get their legs back. I think it's paid off every time they've done it. Yeah. Well, we've come a long way, Ty, from the uh the offseason discourse of trading Omar to keep uh Tyler Bertuzzi, who last I checked has one more uh, even strength point than Dan Heinen, but I digress. He, he was below it until they played the Kings late last night. And I think he had two five-on-five five assists. But he and, did, uh, yeah. yeah, so far, though, feels looking pretty good for the Bruins. But uh, before we uh, look more into uh, Tuesday's win over Columbus, let's take a quick break here. Listen to our good friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. 
Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel, that you can bet on anything. You want to bet on how many wins the Patriots are going to have this year? Be my guest. Maybe how many shutouts Jeremy Swayman's going to have this season. Go for it. You can really do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Mass. $5 pregame Moneyline wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-throwable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Go to GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Once again, shout out to our good friends over at FanDuel. All right, Ty, uh, I think you look at this stretch the Bruins are on now. Uh, as of recording, they've won four straight games coming out of the holiday break. Uh, 18 goals during that stretch. Pretty good for a team that uh, scoring has been probably an issue throughout this season. And it should not really come as much of a surprise to Bruins fans, I think, that this kind of surge in scoring is coming at the same time. You have guys like Jake DeBrusque heating up. Uh, Jake DeBrusque has six points in his last four games. Trent Frederick, especially as of late, has really been coming on now. Six points in his last five games uh, on pace for career highs for him. Um, and I think it just, again, we've talked about this time and time again, but you've got the guys like the Pasternaks and the Marshans and, uh, you know, Coyle and Zaka have, I think, exceeded expectations. But when you've got these other key cogs further down the lineup or in critical spots delivering, and again, it's not saying you need these guys scoring hat tricks, but when they can steadily you know string together a, a primary helper in a game or a goal here and there it just makes the overall uh, operation run so much smoother for this team that now seems to be clicking a lot more especially offensively as of late yeah 100 percent. and i think that you know it's to your point it's it's no coincidence that uh they're winning games now that trent frederick and jake debruskin are scoring and you know what i think is really impressive man is that you know you go back like Let's go back to coming out of the break, right? They've played four games. You know that 16 players have at least one point? The only five guys that don't have points since coming back from break. Jerzy Merkulov, Patrick Brown, Johnny Beecher, Jacob Lauko, Oscar Steen. So basically, your freshly recalled AHL player and your fourth line combinations. Those are the only guys that haven't found, you know, a point in these four games. So... And I think that that really comes back to DeBrusque and Frederick. And and listen, you have 17 guys involved, 16 guys involved. So, like, you can't put it on just two guys. But, you know, it, it, we have the data now. When those guys score or produce, the Bruins tend to win. Like, they, like they, that tends to let everyone else kind of fall in line and play their game without pressing, without having to hunt for goals to, to a detrimental point. And I think that really with Frederick and, and DeBrusque, like, it's about time in certain respects. Like I think Frederick's had a solid year, but there's been stretches where I say he can be better because I saw it last year. Right. And I think you're seeing it right now. You know, I, when Frederick's on his game, I think that what's the number one thing you notice for me, it's the quick release. Like he is yeah. shooting right away and that's how you're seeing him score some goals right now. Like he is not delaying. He is scoring right away. And DeBrusque, we know we've talked about DeBrusque for so long now, but 
it's, it, I mean, he's got a, he just looks like a player who's playing with, you know, without 25 pounds added on his back right now. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And I, I think with the we talked all about, you know, how important he is and the fact that even though he's rounded out his game, he needs to produce and you're seeing that. And I think you're seeing, especially the confidence building. I know you've talked about this before about how much uh, it can help just getting a few days away from the rink, like completely away, like not day off watching the game from the ninth floor. Um, right. You know, no practice, home. no yeah, video no, sessions, nothing. Yep. No, at home on the couch, watching college football, watching Elf, watching Harry Potter. That's what Jake DeBrusity did over uh, the holiday break they had. And how much I think that can really uh, help out a player and just allowing them to have a complete uh, reset. And I think you're seeing DeBrus play with a lot of confidence right now and it's uh, showing out there. But I think Frederick in particular is the guy that I've always been kind of fascinated with just what his role is and what his kind of ceiling is. Because I feel like every year I'm always like, all right, is this a – you know, I think we've gone from, is he a fourth line guy? No, he's a third line guy. But last year it was like, all right, he broke through, had a really strong year. But is that his shooting percentage? Was it like a unsustainable stretch here? I think now you just kind of see more and more, kind of like how I think we can view DeBrusque now is he's going to be up and down as a streaky scorer, but you can pencil him in for, you know, playing 60 minutes a night, hopefully around 20-ish goals a year. Like, is Frederick getting to the point where he's morphing into that middle six kind of player that, you can pencil in each year for maybe 17 to 20 goals, 40 ish points. It seems like he's taking that next step, especially this year as well. Yeah. I mean, listen, if he can be Nick Paul, you'll take it. Yeah. Like if, if he can be that kind of player, you know, play some center, play some wing, but score 20 goals. Like, like, yeah, you want that. Like it's funny. I think that if Trent Frederick were on, we're on the Capitals or we're on the Lightning or, or the Panthers or any number one of these teams that the Bruins have had problems with historically, we'd be saying, damn, wish they had him on their team. You know what, like, you know what I mean? Like Miles, it, it, the Miles Wood is exactly what it would be, right? That was a guy. Exactly. Over. Oh, my God. They always wanted him. And then he got a crazy contract. Wasn't his contract like eight years? Isn't something crazy, something crazy where it was like nowhere close to what the Bruins were going to even endorse it. And then he's pretty banged right. up, right? Which again, you look at how he plays. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, internally, the Bruins, when they moved Frederick from center to wing, internally, their hope was that he could be Tom Wilson light. Um, I don't think he has the speed to have the devastating physical impact that Tom Wilson can have, which is both a good and a bad thing. Like he stays out of trouble that way, but also he doesn't have that intimidation factor that Wilson had in his prime. But scoring wise, you know, ability to, to to create space for his line mates wise. I think he has been Tom Wilson light. Like he's not as good as Tom Wilson, but you know, like he's operated with some, with some pretty good moves here and some pretty good numbers here. These last, last year and a half now to the point where I got to say like, you know, he's a middle six, 20 goal scorer. And like at, at 2.3 million like that, like he's not without flaws, but for 2.3 million and for, for what you're getting, I, I think, I, I think that's a very, you know, this is a very promising development. He took a while mm-hmm. to develop, like a long time, 2016. Oh my God. But he's here now. And I think he makes you a better team. Like, like he is, he is one of these guys. I think geeky's another one too. Like where when they're on their game, they just make their line mates better. You can't explain it always, but when they are on their game, everyone around them has a better game. You saw that. You saw that in Columbus, like everyone around Frederick had a better, had a good game mm-hmm. on, on Tuesday night. So it's, I think it's very, 
know, that's kind of that's kind of what he is as a player. He makes others around him better because they have more space to operate. Absolutely. Yeah. Kudos to the Bruins for sticking with him. And I think a lot of people were kind of ready to jettison him as a, a prospect. Even I mean, I had doubts as to what, how viable of an NHL player he was going to be. So um, looked really good at third line center on Tuesday in Columbus. Curious to see if maybe Montgomery sticks with that JVR uh, Frederick Hine in line for a game or two, but also have to uh, factor in uh, Matt Potra coming back from World Juniors. But before we talk about Matt Potra and the lineup, let's uh, take another quick little break and hear from another factor, Factor Meals. Get started on your New Year's resolutions with Factor so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, and cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from each week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. No more wasting time in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I'm too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy for my New Year's goals. So head to factormeals.com poke50 and use code poke50 to get 50% off. That's code P-O-K-E 50. Factor Meals, your go-to ready-to-eat meal delivery service. And now, let's get back to the show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Once again, shout out to our good friends over at Factor Meals. All right, Ty. Uh, Matt Patra went to World Juniors, Team Canada. Uh, you know, it was a decision that I think had some pros and cons in terms of what he was going to benefit from it. But from what Don Sweeney said a few weeks ago, as a young player, 19, had a bit of a wall here in the NHL, uh, going over there, representing your country, being one of the premier players, and hopefully putting, it, putting together a good tournament. Um, was maybe what he needed to kind of get that reset and get back out there. He's on his way back now. I think he's already back in Boston. I don't think Montgomery has said quite yet as to when he'll be back in the lineup, but uh, ends uh, his tournament run in the quarterfinals. Kind of loses in crushing fashion to Czechia. Um, uh, four points for Potter in five games. Uh, do you think it was the right call to send him over there uh, based on, you know, maybe... His post-tournament comments, of course, devastated, as are all players, I think, when they get bounced early from World Juniors. But do you think it was the right call to send him over to Sweden for this uh, two-week stretch? I, I think so. I, I, because you wanted him playing. You wanted him playing all situations, all minutes. Uh, he's obviously one of Team Canada's best options for the World Juniors. And, and I think that it allowed the Bruins to give him an in-season reset. Uh, it also allowed them to take a look at some other guys that they were curious about that they maybe couldn't have otherwise done without, you know, maybe waving someone they didn't want to wave, um, be it an Oscar Steen or, you know, I have to go in and see, you know, when the last time he got waved was, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it gave them a chance to get a look at some other guys 
without having to outright punish uh, or, or, you know, deal with the backlash of sitting Matthew Potra. So I think it was the right move. Um, I don't think that he's played too many minutes, I think, in Boston to worry about him completely burning out as a result of this. Um, but, I, I, you know, if I'm the Bruins, I might create an injury here and say, oh, Potra's going to be out for the week just to get him his, his legs back down and get him centered. I mean, it's a whirlwind, right? Like, you go from... Boston to to Sweden back to Boston like I, I don't want him playing like I don't want to see him before the road trip I don't think you know like 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 let him get his feet wet uh, let him get him, himself centered get some rest and then see what you got with Merkulov still and and you know and and go from there but I don't hate it truthfully how about you yeah no I, I agree like I think my initial concern way back when was the workload but obviously playing five games over there uh Again, the travel and all that stuff, like it was very much a whirlwind. Like he got loaned to Team Canada, got on a flight that night, was practicing, I think, the next morning in Sweden. So you have that. But uh, in terms of the overall workload over there, I really don't have much of a problem with it. And I think initially when you hear like those like quotes, both during the tournament, because I think he spoke to, uh, I think it was Mark Masters at uh, TSN during the tournament was like, yeah, like the pace here still I'm adjusting to, like I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself as, you know, I've played over 20, you know, almost 30 games in the NHL and supposed to be kind of the main line driver here with Celebrini. He hasn't really been there. I heard that and I was like, oh, like still 19, man. Like you can still kind of, you're, you're still part of, you know, a greater team Canada out there that you shouldn't put all that pressure on you. And then obviously after the the loss, he was taking it pretty hard. As expected, he's on the ice for that last goal, even though it was kind of a fluke deflection goal by uh, the Czech team. But I, I think when you look at uh, his response from it, the one thing that stood out to me throughout um, his short tenure here, Patra, is bouncing back, you know, using a lot of motivation. And so for him, it's like, all right, maybe it's also good to come back pretty pissed, being like, uh, you know, came up short there, still got a job to do in the NHL. Um, I'm still, you know, riding this wave of probably accelerating my timeline this year with the Bruins. So if he comes back motivated there, and also I think maybe helps that uh, the Bruins are doing pretty well without him right now. That's what I'm saying. He was, you know, a reason why, but you've got all these other lines that are playing at a high level right now. Like, it's not like he's going to fall right back in. Here's the three C it's, you know, how it was before. It's like, all right, like we've got a pretty good group right now with like JVR, uh, Frederick Heinen. Let's see where you exactly fit into the lineup and let's have you fight for these minutes back. Like, I, I think that he's coming back to some good adversity um, and a lot of motivation, you know, that's been channeled internally. And I think that can only really help a guy that I think as we've seen time and time again, time and time again this year um, has done really good with bouncing back from these kind of uh, stretches where he's been challenged, which has happened pretty much every single game as you're a 19 year old guy in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. And if he can't handle this, well then he's not ready for the show this year. Like, yeah. and, and that's kind of like, that might be a blunt way of looking at it, but this team has playoff aspirations. They don't want to be a one and done. And if a five game run in Sweden derails your entire campaign. Well, then you weren't built for it anyways. And, and yep. that's not to say that his future isn't bright or anything like that. It's just like, this can't be the reason why his season gets undone. And I don't think it will be, you know, I think you highlighted it right there. Like his mental toughness has been there. It's been there in game. It's been there game to game. Um, and, and so I think that I, I want to see him back, but I do want to see them continue to hypermanage him. I know fans hate hearing that, but like, I'd rather him be effective in April and May at the expense of January and February. If I, if, 
if I can help it, that's what I'd like to see. You like, like you, you rest them now and in December, you like, because it's going to pay off long-term. And I think that's, that's the long view you have to take because especially with the situation, like he can't, he can't go to Providence for a week. Like, like it's here or it's the OHL and it's like, all right, well then if it's here, hypermanage the hell out, the hell out of him, invent injuries. Like, it's fine. Invent little IR stints where he's on IR for three games and you're allowed to bring up, you know, whoever, because you have to do it. Like, I don't hate the idea. And I think Bruins fans should get on board with it because you want him to be a legitimate factor in the playoffs because you've seen what a factor he can be when he's on his game. He's got his legs moving. So anything to preserve that is what I'm all about right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a good problem to have for the Bruins in terms of getting him back into the lineup and seeing how he deals with this latest, uh, Bit of adversity it can only help the team if he's back in the lineup, giving his playmaking and his poise. So. Where do you put him? That's my question. Where do you put him right now? That is, I mean, it's interesting. It's would you put him on the wing, or do you want to just keep him at center? Uh, I want to keep him at center. I don't. Yeah, I, th- I, I think he's too skinny for wing right now. That's why I'm curious is whether you either try bumping him up the lineup a little bit more because it's almost like, uh, you know, where exactly d- does he fit? Because I want to keep for right now. I've been a big proponent of like Coyle and Frederick together, but so far that line's been pretty solid, at least out of the gate. So, um, yeah, I really don't know where exactly you put him in. Cause I, I do ideally, I think want to keep him down the middle and not kind of tweak that too much. Like Frederick was a player that had a long development timeline. So you don't really know what exactly he's going to be. Uh, Patra has all the makings of a potential top six centerman. I don't think you want to mess up that formula, even as, at, at this stage of his career, but, where exactly he fits, and I don't want to put him on the fourth line. It was kind of like Marky Love on the fourth line in Columbus. Where I'm like, I don't know if that really exactly best fits where his skill set is or what kind of player you're trying to mold him into. But you're you're shifting around some pretty solid lines, at least how they played the last four games. Yeah, and and I I listen. They move Zaka to wing. Why not give me Zaka Patra Pasternak? Just give it a game. Fun. I dude, I, like I'm not gonna lie to you. I was kind of annoyed that that the Bruins play like this Merkulov run here. The Bruins play three games. They play the Devils. They play the Red Wings. They play the Blue Jackets. Devils are are a good team. They're having a kind of a rough year, but they're a good team. Red Wings are free falling. The Blue Jackets stink. How is it that Merkulov plays the most time on ice against the good team? And the other two teams, he barely plays like I thought this was a chance to really give him a, a legit run with some high end talent and see what can happen. And, they didn't do it. I get it. I get it. He's still young. He's still got to develop, blah, blah, blah. It felt like this was a house money kind of run, and you should have treated it like that. And it's a little it's a little bit of a bummer that now that Potra's back, and or he's going to be back, uh, we're probably going to see Merkulov go back down to Providence, and it's like, all right, well, did we really find out anything about him during this three-game run, or what, is he just kind of there for the experience? Which, there's value in that. I'm not going to lie, but but... You know, it's a bit like buying a, a sports car and then, you know, riding it around the block once and parking it back in the garage. It's like, wait a minute. Come on, go on the highway. I want to say, I want to I want to see how fast this baby goes. Come on. Exactly. No, even with like Merkulov now, it's all right. Uh, if you go back down to Providence, you were on a scorching uh, stretch down there playing great. Keep that up. I know you only played like 11 minutes total in like Columbus, but like, yeah, keep that, keep that rolling. When again, We'd like to think that these young guys, uh, you know, once they've got like a good footing in the AHL, they can just pick it right back up and still be a point per game kind of guy. Only human. You, you go back to the you make to the NHL play kind of, of sparingly in a role there. 
and go back down to Providence where you're catching buses to Utica and Pennsylvania and all these things, Cleveland. Uh, it's, it's, it is tough to, I think, kind of get right back to that rhythm. I think you're so channeled towards getting to the NHL to then go back to it. We'll see how he responds to that. So uh, definitely something worth keeping tabs on because I don't think we've even gotten a, a full preview yet of uh, Mark Yulov and, and what he can offer his team, especially down the road. But um, Ty, as we end this episode, uh, is there anything uh, – where exactly can we uh, read, hear, listen to all your stuff? Uh Nickelodeon games and sports.com. No, oh, nice. uh, I am with, uh, yeah, I am with 98, 98, the sports Uh, you can find me there. You can find me on X Twitter, Twix, uh, at underscore Ty Anderson. Uh, I'm also, um, outside TD garden, uh, willing to do feats of strength for $5. So if you see me out there and you want me to lift a heavy thing, bring it. And if I lift it, I get $5. They still got to pay me that other million. So, so that's where I, that's where I'll be. How about yourself? I was gonna say, uh, have you told people yet that you can lift the Bobby Orr statue? Or when I, when I, was I not supposed to say that on the podcast? We keep it a little secret because oh, the Bruins shit. have asked okay. me to stop doing it many a time, and I say no. You, you put you I'm put it in strong. the right, you put it in the the, the same spot. Like I, I, I don't think yeah. people would know it. It's not like you always put it, it down. You're not like you bring it into like the the little uh, sh- uh, Shaw's right there or anything like that. Like, you're not that, you're not being an animal. You put it back where it was, dude. That Shaw's tried scanning the drink that I brought, and I was like, no, no, I brought that. And they didn't believe me. I'm like, no, I, I, I didn't, you don't even sell this. I don't, I brought this in. You don't sell this. It was very bizarre. It was a very uncomfortable experience for me. That's unfortunate. You know who would not uh, stand for that? It would be the old McDonald's inside mm. the garden. I think you could work behind, you, you could just go back and grab whatever you wanted and it'd be fine. They give you a high five. Dude, did you see, did you see the sign? I, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard whispers, Ty. Yeah, there's a sign. The old pro shop at the, uh, on the basement floor of TD Garden. North Station. It's gonna be a McDonald's. They put the sign up saying coming soon with, with the big old arches. I am gonna gain 38 pounds next year. It's gonna be a nightmare. 2024 is looking up, Ty. Yeah, I have to have a feeling I think it's gonna be up. Hopefully by the playoff run. You need you need something else down there. Not to not to besmirch, you know. We got Sully's, we got a few things over at the uh hub hall and things, but you know what? Sometimes you just need quick medium fry, a little bit of carb up for a, a good playoff game. So hopefully that's on the horizon. But uh you can find my stuff, not to go back to uh, the main subject here. Find my stuff over at boston.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, X, whatever the hell it is, at Ryan underscore 93. That is our latest episode of Poke the Bear. Once again, I am Connor Ryan. That's Ty Anderson. You guys have a great rest of your week. 